0: How's it going, Ace fans? And welcome to episode 198 of the Locked On Ace podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke. And on today's episode, the White Sox paid Liam Hendricks and Commissioner Rob Manfred says to expect spring training to begin in February with a full 162 game season to be played. So I'll be getting into all of that on today's episode. But before I do, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to lockdownathletics at gmail.com. So let's start off with the big news of the day, and that is that I got a new desk and a new office chair and a whole new setup, and I am very excited about it. There is more space on this desk than I know what to do with. I'm sure that I'll clutter it up at some point, but uh, for right now, it's nice and clean, and I think that the acoustics are different, so that's uh, that's something. Um, it, it just feels very professional at this new desk with this new chair. Uh, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. Uh, the second biggest news of the day, at least as it concerns A's fans, is that Lee William Hendricks officially will not be returning to Oakland in 2021. As A's fans, this news did not shock us. We were expecting uh, him to sign anywhere else all offseason. And I've even said it a few more times on the podcast that he would not be re-signing with the Oakland A's for those that are in the back. But Monday night's news uh, just made it official. He signed with the White Sox. They are going to be paying him $54 million over the course of four seasons, with three of those seasons being guaranteed he'll be in... uh, White Sox uniforms, I guess, black and white, which is strange. Sure, go ahead, go White Sox. <laughs> so he's going to be there for at least three seasons with the Siders. But that fourth year is a team option that's worth $15 million, regardless of whether or not he plays for Chicago in 2024. According to Bob Nightingale, the money breaks down like this. He gets a $1 million signing bonus and then $11 million in 2021. million in 2022 and $14 million in 2023. And if the White Sox decline the option for 2024, it is still worth $15 million. But they can reportedly pay that over an extended period of time, a few years. If they didn't say how long of a period of time it was, it's just he gets at least a couple years to get that money as opposed to getting it all up front in 2024. So that could be something that if he falls off a cliff, uh, maybe the White Sox... You know pull that rip cord and uh, pay him over a period of time however long that is so that's a uh, interesting I guess uh, obviously the White Sox must have liked the what they saw from Liam Hendricks as he was eliminating them from the postseason so this landing spot makes a lot of sense they're An up-and-coming team. They needed some bullpen help. He's the best bullpen help out there, so good for him. And honestly, this vaults the White Sox way ahead of their competition in the AL Central. They've taken a fun team and just added Liam Hendricks and Lance Lynn this offseason, and to a lesser extent, Adam Eaton. And then, obviously, Tony LaRusso is going to be their drunken manager, so that'll be fun to watch, I guess. Um, So they're they're beefing up, really, uh, minus... Adam Eden and Tony Russo, they're beefing up for a deep playoff run, and honestly, you have to like their chances if their young studs keep growing and guys like Garrett Crochet can stay healthy. I still don't know what his health uh, status is after he left Game 3 of the Wild Card Series. Uh, hopefully he's okay, but if he continues to stay healthy and he dominates like he did in, you know, his short stint in 2020, if he can do that over the course of a full season, then they are going to have a very, very scary team. And not just in the AL Central, but in the American League as a whole, I think that they're going to put everybody on notice because they have lots and lots of talent on that squad. But as for the A's, this really doesn't change the calculus much from where we thought they were. They still need to replace some of the arms in the bullpen, which has always been the case, and I went over who would be filling out their roster on yesterday's episode, the Chad Pinder episode, if they made no more moves the rest of the winter, who would be on this team as we sit here on January 12th. I thought it was fun. thought it was a fun exercise and kind of highlights that they still need to make some upgrades or else uh, they're not going to be going very far in the playoffs. And I don't know that John Fisher cares, so uh, sell a team, John. But really, though, this Hendricks contract with the White Sox does not change where we thought the A's were at all. But I do want to talk about the contract that Liam Hendricks got, which is a hefty payday for any reliever. Uh, Basically, four years, $54 million. He could be there for three years, get $54 million. Doesn't really matter. Um, either way, it's a lot of money, and obviously Hendricks has been one of the best relievers in baseball over the last two seasons. And maybe this is just the A's fan in me speaking, but I don't think that it's terribly wise to pay any reliever, any reliever, more than ten million dollars in a single season because relief pitchers are very, very volatile. Let's start with you know the cream of the crop, Araldo Chavin He has been great for the Yankees after signing a five-year, eighty-six million dollar contract. And his worst ERA in a season was 322. So he's been pretty solid. Sure, he hasn't been elite every year, but 322, you can live with that. That's not bad by any means. And he has two seasons with a low to mid two ERA in there as well. And he had a 309 ERA in 2020 and 20 innings or whatever. So that's not that bad. Those are really good stats. And I'm not here to debate his regular season stats or anything like that. But that is still a lot of money to be paying for those stats. But where I question the amount of money is that he hasn't topped 60 innings in any of those seasons, so he's not a workhorse reliever. He's pitching like 55 innings a year, which is not a lot. And then on top of that, he's also given up two huge home runs in the playoffs that have knocked the Yankees out of the playoffs, and he's one of the best relievers in the game. He's getting $16, 70, $17 million a year. That He's worth the money, I guess, But I wouldn't give it to him, especially because, you know, the A's are a small market, so they don't have that kind of money anyway. So uh, no real risk of the A's paying anybody $18 million to close games for them. But it shows that even the best guys are, you know, vulnerable. And you think for that much money that you if he got into a game that you are easily going to win that game every single time. There's going to be nobody on base. No worry, you got this. And he's given up home runs to like uh, Mike Brousseau of Tampa Bay, and then he gave up one to Jose Altuve. Uh, maybe he was wearing a buzzer. I personally like to believe that conspiracy theory just because yeah, it makes more sports more fun. So uh, yeah, he he gives up big home runs. The Yankees have suffered from that, and uh, I don't know that he's worth eighteen million dollars. My next example is Craig Kimbrell, who was one of the best relievers in the game before signing for three years and $43 million with the Cubs. And since that deal, he has ERAs of 653 in a shortened 2019 season for him after signing late. And then he had an ERA of 528 in 2020, which was a short season for everybody. So he's definitely fallen off a cliff. Granted, he's over 30 at this point, and Hendricks also? going to be entering his age 32 seasons. So there's no guarantee with any reliever once they get over 30. Um, so again, wouldn't be paying anybody more than $10 million a year. And that would be from an A's standpoint. Obviously if the Yankees want to pay everybody $15 million in their bullpen, go for it. I don't really give a damn. But uh, but my larger point here is that the A's bullpen was paid a total of around $26 million in 2020 and had the best era in baseball. That's seven, eight guys that were solid for him, that they did not they, they didn't have to pay anybody a huge ton of money. Joaquin Soria was their highest paid reliever at eight and a half million dollars. And I don't think that any of us would argue that he was the best reliever on the staff. He was good, I mean don't get me wrong on that front, he had like a 282 ERA, but obviously Hendricks was the best reliever of the bunch. And he had a salary of $5.5 million, which he had to work his butt off to get. So good job on Liam Hendricks. He deserved the payday, by the way. I'm not mad at him for not signing with the A's. Good job, Liam. And uh, even without Hendricks in this mix, Jake Deekman was excellent with his 042 ERA. And the A's paid him $2.75 million to do that. Sure, it was a shortened season and all that stuff. But... I think that uh, he, he's going to be good. He might be like a 2-8 ERA kind of guy in 2021. I got my eye on Jake moving forward here. And obviously this philosophy wouldn't work for every MLB club, but the A's have a knack for finding guys that they can get on the cheap and then excel in the bullpen or the starting rotation. So there's really no need for them to go out and spin big on the free agent market for top tier relievers. It's just not something that they need to do. In fact, I prefer that they don't do that. Instead, keep doing what they're doing, Getting guys on the cheap, building them up in a sense, and then letting them at the free agent market and, you know, make all of their money elsewhere. That's fine. But in- instead, save some of that money, sign Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, Ramon Laureano to extensions. Uh, that That's the dream. <laughs> Obviously, they're not going to do that, but that's the dream that I'm holding on to. So, uh Keep doing what you're doing, A's, and, you know, at some point, find somebody. Sign somebody. Get me excited about, I don't give a damn, Paul Fry. Trade for Paul Fry. I like him. He's fun. He's a lefty from Baltimore. I talked about him early in the offseason. Go get Paul Fry. And, like, Josh Stallman. They don't need to be big names. Just go get some guys that can fucking chug, and that's what I want. Anyways, coming up on the show, Rob Banford says to expect a full baseball season, so let's talk about it. Stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Are we ready for some NFL playoff football? If you're a football fan, probably. And if you're a fan of friendly wagers, then there is one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Their current lines for next weekend's playoff action, they got the Rams and Packers. The Packers got negative six and a half on the Rams, and the over-under for the game is 45 and a half. You got the Ravens and Bills with the Bills at negative one with the over-under at 50. That's not bad. I think that that one changed from yesterday, so uh, keep an eye out for these lines. I think that they're a-moving. This one did not move. The Browns and Chiefs, Chiefs still at negative 10, and the over-under is at 56, and then you got the Bucks and the Saints. The Saints are getting negative three, and the over-under is set at 52. So if any of those sound like good ideas to you, then get off the sidelines and get into the action, and don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you guys by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor rail, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us? box and let them know that we sent you They have amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past. The podcast features exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from other Locked on MLB hosts like me. Sully also provides insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk outside of here. Subscribe today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to Locked on A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, Follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So baseball might be coming to our television screens at the same bat time at the same bat channel, according to a report from Bob Nightingale. But uh, given the source, we can expect the season to be canceled any day now. But let's go along for shits and giggles shall we? Uh, Nightingale is reporting that Rob Manfred told teams on Monday to expect spring training to begin on time in February and for a full 162-game regular season to occur. He also states that the league cannot unilaterally push back the start of the season, and as I've talked about before, the players have seemed unwilling to discuss a delayed and therefore shortened regular season. As someone that has been living in the midst of the pandemic for 10 months now, I'm not sure that I think this is a great idea because of, you know, COVID surges and all that stuff. But as a baseball fan that's been locked inside their house for 10 months now, this is very welcome news and quite possibly the best thing to ever happen. (laughs) The timing of this announcement is a little bit odd, considering that the pandemic is reaching new records each day, it seems, and Southern California, which is home to three baseball teams, is doing an utterly terrible job of controlling the virus. So, uh, sure, go ahead and play 162. Sounds like a great idea, Rob. Go, go for it, I guess. Uh, the hope has to be that since the players and staff were able to get through a shortened season without the worst-case scenario... Then they can just give it another go on a larger scale with more time to plan and work out the details. The league also has to be hoping that by a couple of months into the season, large swaths of the population will be vaccinated, which would lessen the risk of playing baseball games by a whole lot and maybe even sneak some fans into certain areas around the country. So that's what I assume is going on behind the scenes, the hopes behind the scenes. And, uh... That said, I don't know if California is going to be one of those places that's going to be putting baseball fans in baseball stadiums this year. So we might have to wait another year until we see some real live baseball, which is unfortunate because I really miss going to baseball games. Um, There are also still some kinks to work out between the league and the players union as Nightingale notes like, the updated health and safety protocols and the universal dh and the expanded playoffs if those are going to still happen and all that stuff so uh, not the protocols the the universal dh and the expanded playoffs the protocols will be in place i i would hope and assuming that they are in place i don't think that there's going to be huge changes to the health and safety safety protocols by any means uh and whether or not there's a universal dh doesn't really impact the a's much i mean outside of a few like interleague games so those two aren't really going to be difference makers for them in 2021. Uh, the expanded playoffs could really go either way, however, and that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on in a 162 game season. I'm not sure that you need another round, the wild card round, or, you know, eight teams in each league in the playoffs, but I know that it's something that the league wants, uh, and in included in the next CBA, because, uh, that means more playoff money for them or, you know, playoff baseball, more playoff baseball equals more money. And, uh, everything that the league does is for that bottom line of dollar dollar bills y'all so uh that's probably gonna be happening in the next one and then the, the players get you know better compensation or something like that uh next top season's gonna be lit as the kids like to say it feels weird using kid lingo So I think I'll stop. (laughs) Anyways, and in another season, that will likely be impacted by COVID at least a little bit. I honestly don't mind letting a couple of extra teams in the playoffs. I don't know that I'd want to go the full eight if it's 162 games, just because... Meh. Um, it, it creates more excitement, though, if you got more teams in the playoffs, especially when things can be impacted by COVID and, uh, you know, there, there's a, a little wrinkle right there. So I like that aspect of it. And, you know, having that excitement around teams that we all thought were bottom feeders that turn out to be the Miami Marlins, that's fun. I like that kind of stuff. And I do want them to change the format, though, if they do expand the playoffs. Because the top two teams in each division getting – you know, set seeds is a joke. It should be division winners, take the top three seeds and then sort out the rest by record. Uh, I'd be okay with reseeding after each round as well. If they want to do that as opposed to a full bracket system, because that way, if you're the Astros from 2020, you don't just kick back and take it easy for a few weeks. Cause you're locked into it four through the six seed. And then you can kind of plan out who you're going to be facing and all that stuff. And you're like, Oh, that's suitable. We're just gonna, you know, have a good time these last couple of weeks and shoot the shit. Uh, I don't like that, and I think that the penalty for taking it easy should be the toughest route to the World Series as possible. That means you know having to face the one seed earlier on if the one seed makes it, or if you beat the one seed, then you know go for it. I guess you got to face the two seed now. Um, that's how I think that it should go. The lower, the the worse you finish in the regular season, the tougher your your route to the World Series should be. And I know that the playoffs are unpredictable and crazy and all that stuff, but I think that you got to try and make it as hard as possible. Um, And that's really all that I'd change from the 2020 season, honestly. Well, I mean, that and then also making it so that fans can watch their in-market teams and, uh, you know, get people interested in baseball again because it's hard to get people interested in your product if you won't let them watch it and if they want to do a nickelodeon broadcast i am totally on board for that but as long as the losing manager gets slammed instead of the winning one so i could definitely see the white Sox just donning their black socks again and just throwing another playoff run and you know a chance at the pennant out the window if it meant that tony la would get slimed and it would be worth it <laughs> anyways guys that is it for me today uh, I'm recording with Josh and neighbors of Locked On Nationals on Wednesday to talk over some of the basics of betting and how to maximize small money bets so that will be out a little bit later this week I am not big on putting like $200 down on this bet I'm like no I want to put like $5 down how do I get the most out of my $5 and uh, you know, that way it's more fun for me I've probably got to parlay something I assume that that's what the answer is but uh, we'll find out so that'll be up for you guys later in the week so until then stay indoors and celebrate good times Oakland keep wearing those masks and I will talk with you guys soon